0: Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. A little story. When I was first coming to uh, know about the Marians uh, several, a number of years ago, before, before becoming a Marian, I was just learning about this message of mercy. What is mercy? And the Lord's proclamation of divine mercy. And I have my own encounter and experience with the Lord and feeling the invitation to the, to the Marians. And I remember the very first time that I visited Stockbridge here at the Divine Mercy Shrine, even before I was in the Marians and was, was part of the community, I had stayed in a, a room high up on the, the third floor and I, I was, it, it was staying overnight and was just, just visiting. And I was reading the scripture and had a nice, you know, fresh Bible. And, and uh, I, I was reading... And all of a sudden, a kind of a page just kind of tore out. And I wasn't, I, don't, I didn't remember being very firm or, you know, kind of doing anything very sudden and moving the page, but the page just kind of came out of the Bible. I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And, uh, you know, I looked at it and the, the page is, uh, in Luke's gospel, it's chapter six. And it's this section where he's, delivering this Sermon on the Plain, or, you know, in Matthew, it's the Sermon on the Mount, in Luke, it's the Sermon on the Plain, and it's this first great teaching moment where the Lord is, you know, blessed are those, blessed are they who are poor, the kingdom of God is yours, and he goes down the Beatitudes, and in Luke, he also gives us the woes, too. He gives us the woes. But at the very, the, the next section, which is the, that page that was ripped out, was this, this portion that we hear in our scripture today, that love of enemies. That love of enemies. And that's really at the heart of what Luke places on the, the lips and the words of Jesus in his first preaching. Is the heart of his teaching is centered here, this love of enemies. And you know, he goes through and says, To you who hear, it, I say, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those. And he gives all these examples. And then at the very end, he says, you know, love your enemies and do good to them. And it says, and if you do this, then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And, and that's the page, and here's the page right here. <laughs> I got the page from my Bible and, uh, So there's many years of traveling as a Marian, and, and, uh, you know, ongoing in the community, but it was always sort of a little benchmark for me. You know, that be merciful as your Father is merciful, that like there's something there that the Lord wants to teach me to share with me about this. There's something special there, you know, and, and to help me to learn that lesson, help me to understand. And we read in the scripture last, uh, this past Saturday in Matthew's gospel, in, in his section on love of enemies, you know, his, his line is, it's not this be merciful just as your father is merciful, but what he uses is be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. And we reflected on that a bit last time on, on Saturday, but that word for perfect in the Greek, you know, that is basically to arrive at the end for which something has been made to be complete, to to arrive at the full flowering, the full ripening of the fruits, so it's fully mature. And that's what he's saying about loving your enemies. Be perfect, be, be fully grown and fully mature with the love of God. But here in Luke, it's be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So I think it's important we can connect them. We can say, be perfect, As my father is perfect, be fully mature in his love equals be merciful, just as the father is merciful. There's an interconnection there. So somehow perfection is bound up with mercy, being perfect in mercy, being perfect in the way that our father mercies us, loves us. And I think this is such a a, a powerful truth in our faith and what Jesus came to reveal to us in his teachings and his, not only his teaching, but the, the way in which he lived his life, which was the most powerful teaching, and the way in which he died. As we talked about a little bit in Saturday, you know, the Lord proves his love for us, and while we were yet enemies, he died for us on the cross, loving his enemies, which was all of us who turned away from God in sin, but he brings us back to himself. And I want to key in on this aspect of the Father's love, the Father's mercy, that the reason that God loves us is not because we're so good. The reason that God loves us is not because we're so virtuous, not because we're holy, not because we do all these great things for the Lord, not because we do wonders and perform miracles and convert millions, whatever that is for you and success. God doesn't love you because of all those things. The reason God loves you is because God is good, because God is the lover, because God sends forth his love to each one of us, and he doesn't expect the repayment. He's not exacting and saying, yeah, unless you give it back to me and you do all these wild and wonderful things, that's the only way that I'm going to love you. But if you don't, I'm going to forget about you. And the reason God loves us is because he is good. Even before we do anything, even before we get out of bed in the morning, he says, I love you, I will never change no matter what you do, no matter the amazing successes you have or the things that you're, maybe the ways in which we are in our brokenness try to earn his love, he says, even before all that, I love you, this is who I am, that's the reason I love you. And I think that can give us great peace if we're in our hearts trying to earn his love. We're trying to pray 15 rosaries a day and say, I gotta gotta do it, I gotta pray all these prayers, I gotta get holy. And it's a good desire, it's beautiful, keep praying. But know that it's not because of that that the Lord's love for you is steadfast and undying. And that can give us great peace. But on the other side of it as well, maybe we're not in that camp of trying to earn the Lord's love, but maybe we've fallen very far from the Lord. Maybe we've fallen into sin, maybe we've rebelled, maybe we've really turned and been headed the wrong direction, we're running away from the Father. But again, the reason that God loves us is not because we're so good, and also, the Lord loves us no matter how bad we've been, no matter how far we've fallen. No matter how low we've gone, even if we've sinned, we've been forgiven, and we feel like we're in with the Lord, and then we sin again, the same way. We keep doing that. But the consoling teaching of the Lord here, and his mercy is, there is no depth to which you can fall, that his love does still not reach you there. Again, the Lord does not love us because of any response of ours. The Lord is good. As he said in Matthew's gospel, you know, he makes his sun to shine on the good and the bad, his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. But the Lord just pours it out. And for those who are in a place of deep sin, you know, sometimes it's easy to think, I can't come back. I, the Lord's not going to forgive me. I've been so bad, he can't possibly forgive me. But this is that other aspect of that mercy that, again, the reason God loves us is because he is good, because he is merciful. So, even if we fall to the, the, the most horrifying depths of sin, he says, I still love you. I'm still giving my love for you. My mercy is still being outpoured for you. That's not conditioned on your great response of success or your poor response of sin, my mercy is here for you. My love is here for you. That's the mercy of the Father. And I think Lent is a privileged time to allow that to just penetrate our hearts, to keep soaking it in, to keep receiving that truth. The reason God loves me is because God is good, not because I'm good or I'm bad, because God is good. That's the reason. That's the Father's heart. That's the mercy of the Father. And There's another little story, and it has to do with a a carpenter and a we'll say a, a contractor, or an architect, contractor. And the story is that this carpenter was very talented. He had a good career and was very, did very well. And, you know, he, he had just had all the skills, all the carpentry skills and all the skill set, you know, and he could do anything. It was beautiful work that he could do. And this contractor comes to him and he says, all right, I've got the job for you. I've got the, the, the task for you. What I want you to do is just plan a, plan a house just a residence, a beautiful house, and spare no expense. Put everything into it. I want this house to be amazing. Just everything, just perfect, as we see here, right? Just beautiful woodwork. You know, you you have all the money at your command. What is that house that you wish to, to build? It's yours, build it. Go ahead, set to work. I'll provide you all you need. And so the carpenter says, okay, you know, and he kind of sets to work, and he, he, he starts to, to planning it, and he's getting the wood and purchasing the materials. But as he's going through it, you know, he thinks, you know, I've had a lot of jobs before, and I just, I want to get done, you know, I want to, I want to get through it. I want to just finish it. And so, you know, he kind of gets the material, and he's kind of going through it, and he begins to cut some corners. He begins to say, you know, I does this, you know, okay, th- this will probably be the best if I put this support, this pillar here, but, you know, maybe might not need that right now. Let's just, let's, you know, let's kind of save a little money on the material. It'll be easier for me, more convenient. And he kind of goes the whole way, preparing and building this house like that. Kind of cutting corners, kind of being a little chintzy here and there. Not really putting his best into it. So I guess it's like another job. I just got to get it done. I just got to finish it. And he's on the last day, and he, you know, knock it in the last nail, and he said, all right. Whew. I think I think I've finished. I think it's done. And he goes to the contractor, and he says, all right. I finished. I finished the house. It's all completed. Here it is. And he knows There's some corners cut, there's some, didn't do my best, but it's cut, it's done. And the contractor looks at the keys and he holds out the keys and he says, here, this is your house. This is your home. I wanted to give you the very best I gave you all the opportunity. I spared no expense for you to create your masterpiece. And see, this is what the Lord does to us in our life. He gives us those keys. He gives us these teachings. He provides all the treasures and the graces. He spares no expense. And it's up to us to fashion that house, to build that house by our thoughts and our words and our actions. And we have a choice. We have a choice. How am I gonna live it? How am I gonna build this house that is my life? How am I gonna fashion this dwelling place that is going to be my eternal character? In a way, we're building our own dwelling place. We're fashioning our own existence. And we're going to take that into the next life. And the Father who lives in the Father's house in heaven wants us to live his teachings, to live that freedom he gives to us. He desires us to enter into that perfection, that that full ripening of our love as human persons. That it's not dependent on how people react or respond to us. But it's that we love, we are merciful. It's not dependent on others and we need not be controlled by how they respond to what we say, to what we do. Someone's unkind to us, you know, we feel like we gotta respond, but we don't have to be controlled by that. If we're merciful as the Father is merciful, we can be like him, extend love, extend mercy like Christ. And there is the deepest freedom and the deepest peace. And so as we continue with this liturgy, and the Eucharist is going to be present before us, the Lord's divine heart, we just ask for that grace to to let the Lord's mercy soak into our hearts, to let that teaching that not because we're so good or so bad but because the Lord is love that he loves us. And when we receive that, when we're able to let that penetrate the hardness of our hearts and to break down all the walls of our hardness, sin, then we'll receive the mercy of God and we'll be able to give it freely as he does and to arrive at that perfection of mercy that the Lord is calling each one of us to. So, Lord, we ask for this grace that we as your sons and daughters, Heavenly Father, that we may be merciful just as you, Father, are merciful.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit